Good day and welcome to another B2B Interviews exclusive CEO interview. Our guest today is Paul Cronin, Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer at Adriatic Metals. Adriatic Metals trades on the Australian Stock Exchange under the ticker ADT and London ticker ADT1. Good evening, Paul. Thank you for joining us on B2B Interviews. Good evening, Todd. Thanks very much for having me. Paul, I thought you might begin with a brief introduction and overview of the company's projects and present operations. Yeah, absolutely. ADT or Adriatic Metals was uh, incorporated only in 2017, but it was incorporated specifically under a strategy looking for what we call brownfield assets in the former Yugoslav Republic. So in Bosnia, Serbia, Kosovo, uh, Macedonia, et cetera. Um, really focusing on the fact that in that era between 1960 and 1990, when geopolitical issues changed the landscape in Yugoslavia, uh, there was a, a tremendous amount of exploration that was conducted. Certain mines were put into operations, um, but they ceased operations during that period. And we were looking for those opportunities to try and create a European-focused, European-based uh, um, uh, uh, mining company that could defy what we saw as a, as a potential disruption in global supply chains uh, as, a, as a result of deglobalization. So our primary asset is in Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, a small nation in Central Europe, uh, unfortunately with a, with a bit of a, a mixed history, um, but it is one of the highest grade polymetallic uh, deposits uh, in the world. Uh, it has tremendous economics, very, very low upfront capital of around $175 million. Uh, but that delivers uh, a, a net asset value for the project of over a billion US dollars. And most of that uh, value uh, is generated in the first six years of operations, where post-tax uh, cash flows on average exceed $250 million a year. In addition to that, we've recently acquired our first project in Serbia, just across the border. Um, now, we're conducting exploration there, but we very much like what we're seeing, uh, which, again, is going to be uh, a low-cost, uh, open-pit mining operation producing uh, lead, zinc, silver, and a little bit of gold. And that complements what we've got in Bosnia, which is largely silver and gold dominant, but also has some uh, lead, zinc, uh, and copper. Very interesting. So, Paul, expand a bit more, if you would, on these core assets. Give us a better sense for where you are today in terms of drilling, studies, resources, development, etc. Yeah, so on the, on the Varish project in Bosnia, um, we have put out uh, our updated resource statement this year. Um, and we've also done a pre-feasibility study where we've actually, for the first time, converted those resources into probable reserves. Uh, that's an unusual step uh, at a pre-feasibility level, but such is the level of confidence that we have uh, in the deposit uh, and the way it's been modelled and also the economics around the project. Um, we are at the moment completing our definitive feasibility study. We're working on uh, our international ESIA and we just had the European Bank of Reconstruction and Development, which kind of sets the standard globally for environmental and social compliance in the mining industry, uh, invest in the project, which is a strong endorsement of our ESG credentials. 
Um, we're also advancing our permitting. We expect uh, to receive our mining license uh, early next year, sometime around mid to end January, uh, and our environmental permit uh, in early January. So the project is now progressing at a, at a, a very rapid rate. Uh, we've got 72 staff working for us. We've got HR development programs being rolled out uh, and a number of initiatives uh, that are going to support the project as it moves into the construction phase in, in July 2021 and ultimately into commissioning and production toward the end of 2022. Uh, so that project is coming along very, very quickly. If you consider, Todd, that on average, you know, from, from discovery to production in the mining industry is about 16 years, uh, you know, at, at Varish, uh, we will have done it in five. Um, so that's the sort of pace that we're working to. And in Serbia on the Raska project, uh, still expiration. And what we've done there is we've taken a pile of historic records, uh, just archive boxes that's all been digitised, uh, and we've conducted what we call confirmation drilling. Um, we did that uh, around mid-2020, uh, liked what we saw, and now we're investing uh, heavily into expansion drilling. And we're growing the resource there quite substantially uh, so that when that comes into production, which will be uh, in late 2024 or early 2025, um, what we will have is a company that has two operating assets that's generating significant amounts of free cash flow. But that's really just the foundation step for us. The true strategy for the company is to try and grow it as a pan-European mining company with multiple assets across multiple commodities keeping a good mix of precious and base metals. And in base metals, we talk about zinc, lead, copper, but also nickel uh, and other battery metals as well. So um, that is the sort of, you know, 2030 growth strategy for the company that we're trying to implement. We've put together a team who are capable of pulling that off and a board, more importantly, that is both independent and able to to help execute on that strategy and, and drive that strategy. Certainly very impressive. Now, Paul, what can you tell us about the infrastructure as well as the political climate within these regions as it relates to resource development, production, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, the former Yugoslav nations, um, Yugoslavia was basically a commonwealth of nations, uh, all had fantastic infrastructure. So it. At uh, the Varish project in Bosnia, we have a railway line at site that goes directly to the port of Ploče. Um, in, uh, in Raska, in Serbia, we have a railway line that goes directly to the port of Bar. Um, both of these are deep water, bulk and container ports, uh, capable of taking all of our products, uh, concentrates, to any, any smelter in the world. Uh, and that gives us a huge capital advantage and it gives us a huge operating cost advantage as well. Um, geopolitically, uh, obviously, there are, um, there are sort of some, some history in some of these countries, but what we're typically seeing now is that these, these nations, um, you know, Bosnia, Serbia, Kosovo, are very much leaning toward the West. They're well supported um, by both the British and the US governments. Uh, they're supported by the European Bank of Reconstruction and Development in terms of financing new projects, making sure that they have all of the more high-tech infrastructure for their economies to modernise. And what we are now seeing is a huge amount of foreign direct investment coming in to those nations. 
Um, but our project in Bosnia is so significant in the country that it will not only represent 17% of, of FDI, but in its production years, it will grow GDP by over 1% um, as one single project. Um, so, you know, it is profoundly important uh, to the Bosnian government who have been elected on a pro-business mandate you know, get rid of bureaucracy, encourage foreign investment. Um, and so we've been able to operate there very, very successfully. And I think the best indicator of that is that when we said to the Bosnian government, you know, we need a bigger mineral concession to be able to find more deposits like this, they awarded us the biggest mineral concession that's ever been granted in the history uh, of Bosnia. Um, and that, um, that has really set the stage for our exploration program in that country over the next 10 years. Uh, and we'll see us ultimately find more economic deposits like the deposits we have in Varish currently that we believe will be able to extend out our mine life quite significantly from the current 15-year plan to hopefully 20, 30 or even 40 years. So the company is certainly uniquely positioned and poised in that regard. Uh, Paul, what can you tell us now about this present board and management team at Adriatic Metals? So the board of Adriatic Metals, um, and I was obviously the founder of the company, I've handpicked that board um, based on a diverse array of skills. Uh, so our chairman is Michael Rawlinson, former head of metals and mining at Barclays Bank in London. Um, our senior technical non-executive directors are Julian Barnes, the former head uh, of exploration for Dundee Precious Metals, which is a trailblazing company in the Balkans. Um, and Peter Bilby, uh, who is a mining engineer. Uh, but Peter is also uh, the chairman of IGO, or Independence Group in Australia, which is one of the most progressive and well-run mining companies uh, in Australia. Um, and then supporting uh, the, the management team and, and assisting the management team in terms of our social and corporate responsibility are two lawyers. Uh, Sandra Bates uh, is a, an Australian and UK uh, registered lawyer um, who, who has a specialty in corporate finance and corporate governance. Um, and Sonella Karic, who is a, a Bosnian national born and bred in Sarajevo, has never left Sarajevo, even during the siege. Um, and uh, she is the, the head of uh, legal and corporate affairs for Bosnia's biggest industrial group. Um, and, and between them, uh, they bring a lot of uh, diverse skills to our board. And then our management team complements that with myself. I'm a former commodities trader and investment banker um, uh, working for for RMB Resources here in London, a very successful resource investment fund. Um, and in my technical team, I've got Dominic Roberts, the former head of operations uh, for Minico uh, Group, which is a Balkan-based mining company, uh, as well as Graham Hill, former Anglo-American, um, uh, who is our chief operating officer, uh, and an array of other executives, uh, including Adnan Teletovic, uh, whose background, he, he's Bosnian-Australian, uh, but he worked at BHP and he worked at the Super Pit in Western Australia as well um, in terms of their, their plant development and capital expenditure programs. So it's, we've put together a, quite a remarkable team of people who've been able to progress these assets very, very quickly.
and with good guidance from a very robust independent board. Indeed. So, Paul, briefly in closing, if you could leave us with just a few quick bullets here. Why should investors consider Adriatic Metals as a long-term investment opportunity? Look, I think there's two things. One is we're diversified. We're diversified in terms of our revenue from both base and precious metals. And base metals are doing well at the moment and then will continue to do so as we see a massive surge in economic activity. Um, but also I think we understand that precious metals have an important role to play in the rebalancing of central bank books uh, over, the next, over the next five or 10 years. Um, but I think the company's strategy is quite unique in terms of it wants to be a European player. It wants to focus on providing those products in Europe um, and, and being able to provide certainty on, on supply chains, which as a result of COVID, and I think as a result of increasing um, moves by the by Chinese government and Chinese companies, are becoming more important to governments around the world that they can access the materials they need to maintain their industrial infrastructure. Well, that is certainly a very interesting investment opportunity. Paul, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us on B2B Interviews. Thanks, Todd. My pleasure. Our guest today has been Paul Cronin, Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer at Adriatic Metals. Adriatic Metals trades on the Australian Stock Exchange under the ticker ADT and London, ticker ADT1.